The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Today on Power of the Word. So if you want to know the Father, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you're going to interpret the Father, interpret him through what Jesus did. So he went about doing good, and he did good because the Father is good, and therefore Jesus is good because he does what he sees the Father do. Amen. God cares for you. He wants to guide your life and take care of your needs. Through him, you can find the protection and provision you need to face any situation. In the series, The Father's Care, Dr. Ed King shares about the safety and shelter found in a personal relationship with God. And I don't think that you can live a carefree life unless you understand the care of the Father and what he says about that. And the Bible says a lot of things about that. Listen and learn that what matters to you matters to God. How to understand and seek the kingdom of God first and then receive God's abundant supply for your life. To get these messages as a digital download for $10 or on CD for $20, go to poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. A couple of Sundays ago, I talked to you about our compassionate father. You remember that? We're going to continue on with that theme a little bit, and we're going to do some additional work with it. But again, I want to talk to you about our, our compassionate Father, but I want to take a part two to it, and we're going to talk about God's goodness today. Everybody say God's goodness. God's goodness. Now, it's a foregone conclusion to anybody that's a thinking person, whether you're saved or lost, it makes no difference. It's a foregone conclusion that God's good and the devil's bad. There is a good in the earth, there is a bad in the earth. There's a good in the universe and a bad in the universe. Some people don't believe that there is evil uh, in existence. They don't believe evil is actually a thing. Well, if you don't believe that, I don't know where you live. There is a force called evil, and it's more than a force. There is a personality that is evil. And he's loose on his planet. And he's the problem with the human race. Now, if you don't sort out, now you may think it's, it's simple, it's fundamental, and it is. Um, but it's so simple and so fundamental that sometimes it gets lost in the process. <clears throat> and we believe that God in his infinite wisdom does bad things to good people to teach them good things. In other words, God is a little bit schizophrenic. God is sometimes good, sometimes evil, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. And even the evil can't get through to you unless God allows it, so therefore God approves of evil. And since you don't know what he's approving, uh, you have a re real difficult time of releasing your faith on anything because you're compromised internally and your faith is contaminated. So you've got to know who's doing what to who. And you got to know who's behind what. There is a motive behind certain things. There is a why behind the what. There's somebody in the shadows. There's somebody at work. 
And you say, well, I don't believe in the devil. It don't make any difference. He believes in you. And just because you're ignorant of his presence and just because you're ignorant of what he does doesn't mean he's going to leave you alone. Doesn't mean he's going to take a hike and leave. You got to know he's real. You got to know where he's at and you got to know what he's up to. Paul said, we're not ignorant of his devices. Be careful and cautious of the wiles or trickeries or deceits of the devil. And, the de and God tells us that. He said, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So first you have to be submitted to God, and then you have to intentionally, on purpose, resist the devil. Not this generic evil that's somehow out here in the water or in the air. There's a lot of evil in a lot of places. And it may seem like it's that, but no, there's an entity behind it. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. But first, God is good and the devil's bad. We find in Matthew 19, now we're reviewing a little but we're taking you into some new territory. Matthew 19, verse 16, And behold, one came and said unto him, this is Jesus, said unto Jesus, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And so Jesus said there is one good. Everybody say one good. one good. Now the Bible tells us that Jesus died for the ungodly. When we were not good, he was willing to die for us. So we didn't have to be good to get him to make the sacrifice that he made. But we're not good. Some people say that man is intrinsically good, and when he's given the opportunity to do good, he will ultimately do good. That is the biggest lie that's ever been told. Man left to himself will be as evil as you can imagine and even beyond your ability to imagine. If there's not a restraining force on mankind, they will be evil at a level that would absolutely be so utterly evil, you can't even imagine how evil it can be. And we've seen examples of that, and always we go back in, you know, in, in our memories, and you know, we go back to people like Hitler and Stalin and others, and you go back to these dictatorial leaders, and then you go back, you know, in the ages past, and you hear about these evil people that have arisen, and that's real. But man is capable of evil at a level that you can't even imagine. I believe you're seeing manifestations of it today, and if you're not aware, you may think it's just accidental what's going on on this planet. It is not accidental. Well, are you one of those conspiracy theorists? No, I am not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a believer in conspiratorial fact because it is the truth that is going on. Well, I don't believe in these conspiracies. You don't? What do you do? You believe in accidental history? You believe it's just an accident? Was World War II an accident? Somebody did something. There were some conspirators behind it. And so we have record that validates conspiracy. And all of your history is based on some conspiracy somewhere. 
and what you have and what you've lived under these last two years is absolutely conspiratorial and there are absolute schemers behind it that have taken advantage of your unwillingness to see it or believe it. And you think it's politics. Thank you for your holy grunt. I appreciate it. Amen. But God is good and nobody else is. We're not good. Now, when we come to Jesus, the good one takes residence in us. And so therefore we become at least in process of becoming good. But you hadn't got there yet. You'll get there when you leave earth. It won't happen here. Say it won't happen here. Now you're working on it though. So the good one lives in you. So you have flashes of goodness. <laughs> momentary moments of goodness. But you have momentary moments of the other too. Have you noticed? There's a conflict inside. Hmm. We face it, don't we? And we find over here, we study this a little bit, and I, and I'm, I won't go to it now. I'll, I'll get to it just in a second because I want to go a little bit deeper than we did last time. But we talked about that, that Lucifer, Satan, the anointed cherub, uh, that iniquity or badness, if you will, evil was found in him. We'll cover that in a minute. I want to go into it a little bit deeper than we did last time. But we find in Acts 10 and 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now, we, we think of Jesus as God, and He was and He is. So we don't diminish that, but we have to understand something. Philippians, the book of Philippians tells us that Jesus divested Himself of His divine privilege. Now, He didn't divest Himself of His divinity. He was still God. But He divested Himself of His divine privilege and came to this earth in the form of a man. And when he took on the form of a man, he took on that form to never return to the previous form or the previous being that he was before. Jesus existed in eternity past. When he was born in Bethlehem was not when he was created. That's when he became a part of mankind, a part of the human race. But the Creator became a part of the creation to redeem the creation. And when He returned to heaven, He didn't go back to that previous form. He returned to heaven in the form of a man. And there is a man seated at the right hand of the Father of which you are joint heirs. Say, so that's the truth. And that's a fact. Amen. So, he became a man that we as human beings could become like him. So, God became a man that men could become like God. Oh, you shouldn't say that. Well, that's what happened. You're not God like the Creator God. You're not God like the all-knowing God. You're not that kind of God. But you're in God. Because he included you in his family. He made you a son and a daughter. 
joint heirs with him. Amen. So it says how God, the Father, anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost, with the Spirit of God. That's why he told us that we need to be filled with the Spirit. He told those 500 followers to go to Jerusalem to wait to be endued with power from on high. He told them to do that. Only 120 made it. But he told 500 to go. So there were 380 who got busy. Maybe they got there eventually. I don't know. But they sure didn't get there on the first day. And so the Holy Spirit came on them and anointed them for the work whereunto they had been called. God anointed Jesus of the Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. Everybody say good. Good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So Jesus was anointed to do good. And he was anointed by the Father to do good. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, if you want to interpret the Father, interpret him through the viewfinder of my life. Watch me, you see him. I heal. I cleanse the leper. I open the blinded eyes. I heal the deaf that can't hear. I minister to the oppressed. I turn water to wine. I do all sorts of things that come under the umbrella of good. And anytime you see that, you interpret the Father through that viewfinder. So if you want to know the Father, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you're going to interpret the Father, interpret him through what Jesus did. So he went about doing good, and he did good because the Father is good. And therefore, Jesus is good because he does what he sees the Father do. Amen. Barbara's prayers were answered when her husband, Julius, came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior while watching the Power of the Word broadcast. Sadly, Julius passed away soon after. But Barbara is at peace knowing that he made Jesus his Lord and Savior and that soon they'll be reunited in heaven. Hi, I'm Carly. I'm the producer here at The Power of the Word. And we often hear of individuals coming to know Jesus as their Lord and strengthening their relationship with him through our broadcast. God is doing incredible things in this ministry and it is all made possible by our faithful monthly partners. We truly, truly cherish your partnership. I wanna ask you today if you would consider becoming a monthly partner with us. When you partner with a ministry like Power of the Word, the blessing on that ministry comes into your life as well. Becoming a partner is very simple. Just go to powerofthewordcom slash partner. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text GIVE to 865-978-6380. From all of us here at Power of the Word, thank you for your partnership. So we talked about this compassionate Father. Jesus had compassion on the multitude because they were fainting in the way and he fed the multitude. He had compassion on the sick 
and he healed the sick. His compassion or his mercy is what moved him to do good. Jesus is compassionate toward you. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. The word mercy and compassion are the same word in the Hebrew and the Greek. So when we call on God for mercy, his compassion is moved toward us. And so when you need something from God, appeal to his mercy. That's how we receive from God. God is a merciful God. And he has compassion on those who need mercy. You must state from him what you want from him. He said over and over again, what would you have me do? Lord, that I might see, that I might receive my sight. He said, I will. Lord, that I might. And then they named what they need. He wanted them at the pool of Bethesda. What do you want me to do? You got to tell him what you want him to do and not appeal to your goodness, but appeal to his mercy. That's how you receive from him. Amen. Now we find that God is absolutely good. Now absolute is one of those words that leaves no wiggle room. Now the word absolute means perfect in quality or degree. Perfect. It means entire in the fullest sense. It means to be free from imperfection or deficiency. To be absolute is to be completely free from any contamination whatsoever. There's no bad in him. That's why, well, you know, I, I, had this, I had this great illness, and this great illness drew me to God, and so therefore God was responsible for my great illness. Lie, lie, double lie. So you have contaminated faith. You've put a deficiency in the goodness of God. That's why you can't have any faith. You're internally compromised because you don't understand the goodness of God. You say, well, it drew me to the Lord. Well, that's okay. Thank God he got good out of bad. But you've mistaken it for him being the initiator of the bad. And there is no bad in him. He's absolutely good. There's no bad in him. He's not deficient in any way. So don't blame him for the bad that happened to you or anybody else. Now there may have been good come out of it and that's by God's grace. Well, if he didn't want it to happen, you know, he could have stopped it. Therefore, it must be his will. There's a whole lot of things going on in this earth that are not God's will. People die and go to hell every day, and God's not willing that any perish. So it's not his will that that happen. But people reject him. People turn their back on him. And it happens, and because of that, then God somehow must be responsible. Not so. He's not responsible for that. 
I, I, had, I had somebody, you know, say to me the other day, it just, very recently, and they said, well, you know, if God's always good, and they were kind of arguing that fact, they brought it up to me. I didn't, I didn't bring it up. said, you know, I'd be careful of these preachers that say, you know, God's good and something good's going to happen to you. I said, well, I'd be scared of the others. You know, I'd hate to be going around, you know, do you, did you come here this morning so I could tell you how bad God's going to be to you? I hope you didn't. I want to tell you how good, how good he is and how good he'll be to you if you let him. But anyway, they, they, went, they went on with that. And, and they're good people. I, I know it's just, it's just that religious tradition. It just comes up, you know, it just comes out. And uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be afraid of these preachers that tell you something good is going to happen to you. You know, I, I'd be a little bit scared of that. And so somewhere in their, in their interpretation process, they believe that God has is, is, is got this element of, of bad in him, and, and you don't know which one you're going to get. You know, today he might get up on the wrong side of the bed, and you just had it. Or, you know, if, if God gets up in a bad mood, what if God left the nightstand drawer, the bottom drawer open, and got up in the dark and tripped over it. Boy, you've had a bad day. <laughs> you ever had that happen to you? Close the nightstand drawer at night. I'm just telling you, that's a warning. But anyway, it'll make you at least think things you shouldn't think, but maybe you don't say it. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, see, we've got this idea that God's moody. Every great journey begins with a single step. Do you have everything you need to take that first step? Or to keep going when the road gets hard? Discover how to have the faith you need for your journey through life with Dr. King's series, Faith for the Journey. You can have a book full of God's words, but the only ones that come to pass for you are the ones that you agree with and come out of your mouth. If you believe in your heart and say with your mouth what he says, then you can have what he says. You can receive this insightful three CD set for a gift of $20 or download the MP3s for $10 and learn where faith begins, the importance of the words you speak, how to energize and increase your faith, how to make faith a lifestyle, the significance of walking in love and forgiveness, and much more. To order this series, go to poweroftheword.com or call us at 1-800-956-4433. I've never found that to be the case. So absolute means finished, perfect, consummate, clear, conclusive, entirely without fault or flaw. It is the end of the debate. Absolute. Example would be absolute power. If a person has absolute power, they have complete power. They have complete authority. If they only have 80% power, then they don't have absolute power. It means with absolute certainty. There is no question. There's no doubt. See, we have to think about God as absolutely good. If he's anything other than that, he's totally unpredictable. And he's not. The Bible says there's no shadow nor variableness of turning in him. 
He's completely predictable. He's completely believable. Some people say, they suggest, well, you never know what God's going to do. You know exactly what God's going to do. He's going to do exactly what he told you he'll do. And you can believe it. You can absolutely believe it. You can bank on it. If you don't know what God's going to do, how in the world are you going to believe that you have the opportunity to go to heaven when you die? Well, you don't know till you really die. Well, if I didn't know till then, I'd be of all men most miserable. Yeah, I know right now where I'm headed. The Bible says if you don't know that through your whole lifetime, you're subject to bondage. Who through the fear of death, if you don't have that death issue resolved, your, your whole life subject to a bondage. Well, you get that issue resolved and you can live your life. Amen. You're not afraid of flying. You're afraid of dying. You're not afraid of motorcycles. You're afraid of dying on one of them. Better dying when you get off of one. <laughs> Back when I was a motorcycle rider, my confession was, I do not get off a motorcycle unless it's stopped and it's upright. <laughs> I do not get off at other times. Amen. It's a good confession. It always worked for me. You know, amen. Absolute requirement. You know, something. if it's an absolute requirement, that means there's, no question of what's required here. So you understand it when you put it in that context. There was a person who came to Jesus and said, good master, called him good master, which he is good. But he said, why call you me good? There's none good but one. Now some say, would suggest that Jesus was saying he was not good, but God the Father is good. That's not what he was saying at all. What he was saying is if you say I'm good, then you have to acknowledge I'm God. That's what he was saying. But he drew attention to the goodness of God. And that's something very important for all of us to do, to draw our attention to the goodness of God. God's been portrayed in multitudes of ways down through the centuries and years past. But according to scripture, God is completely, 100%, totally good. There is no bad in him. There is no darkness in him at all. All badness, all evil, all darkness comes from the dark side, the dark being called Satan. He's the origin of all bad. Sin was found in him. That's where it all started. He's the foundation of all evil. So God is completely good. And if you come to him, and if you turn your life to him, he'll do you good. He'll be good to you. His intention is to be good to you, but you have to allow him to do that. Now, I know there are bad things in the world, bad things go on, and sometimes people wanna blame God, but God is not the reason for the bad. There's an outlaw loose on this planet called the devil, and he's the origin of all bad. Now, I'm not gonna say if you come to the Lord, everything's gonna suddenly be good because you still live in a fallen planet, in a fallen society. But God will bring good to you in the middle of this fallen mess, this fallen chaos. One day this will soon be over. 
and we'll begin to see the full manifestation of God's goodness. You have to do that by coming to Jesus Christ, though. That's how it all starts. Pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. You are not my God. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer, know you meant it. Let us know here so we can pray for you and rejoice with you over it. We've enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to our next time together. Until then, God bless, and we'll see you soon.